What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome! Hey, behave! All right. We Woo! Just, we just had some good finishes recording this on a Sunday evening in the NFL. Seahawks, good finish. Yep. Raiders. Browns, good finish. Huh? Browns, good finish. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Browns game was a good finish. Uh, the Broncos started kneeling the ball with like, it felt like two and a half minutes left in the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, game of the day, Raiders-Lions. Yeah, I mean, that. it was pretty great. I mean, we get two teams driving the field in the last, what, three and a half, four minutes of a game. I'd put that, and uh, you know, Colt Steelers was not terrible. You know, it was just pretty entertaining, yeah. even when it's Hoyer and Mason Rudolph. Maybe it's just if you're our age, you've just seen this matchup here a lot, and you're just thinking, oh, it's just like Tomlin, Roethlisberger versus Manning. You know, just it feels like a sweet game or luck. You know, but it, it was nothing like that. Yet the game was twenty six twenty four, and the greatest kicker of all time had a shank. Oh my god. I mean, a bad shank. Terrible. I don't have his sats in front of me, but he's... I know he's missed countless kicks this year. It was right? pa- this isn't, that was painful to watch. Yeah, He did hit a game winner last week, though. I know. I think 55 yards. And he, it was a game winner because he'd missed, like, two other kicks. We'll get into this. But I'm just I, saying, seeing a miss by that much, it's just painful. I got a Sunday Night Football, like, Night in America or whatever with all these guys on my TV. Yeah. And they just had the AFC North. Yeah, I mean, you probably do, too. And the AFC North standings. The Pittsburgh Steelers, as we sit here today, guy, November 3rd, have multiple more victories than the Cleveland Browns. They're 4-4, four and four, and the Browns are 2-6. and six. And they play the Browns twice. By the way. They could really bury them, guy. <laughs> uh, question for you, former special teams assistant coach. That was part of your job. Yeah, I jotted numbers down, and I gave them to Bobby April, and we fucking made tackles. Do, do you think if the movie Ace Ventura had never been made, anyone would ever talk about Laces Out? I don't think no. – I, th- I think 99% of people who talk about where the laces are in a kick only know because of the movie Ace Ventura and Ray Finkel. 
I do think it shows the power of Jim Carrey, who at one point in time in his life for about a three, four-year span, might even have been longer, was banking $25 million. And this is in the 90s guy, a flick. He had a he one time I went to his earnings. He had like a four or five year stretch where he banked like two hundred mil, like like a Bryce Harper type run. And I've heard him talk about it. He went from zero to fucking the biggest star in the world pretty quick. And a big reason for that is, like you said, as many people tweeted today in my timeline, laces out, Marino. <laughs> that was you're right. I I think. You're doing it a disservice. I don't think a soul would fucking know about the laces. I mean, not a soul. Well, it'd be like Jay Feely would have to tell us about it, or McAfee. Ma- or McAfee, yeah. You know what's funny? McAfee is- would talk about the one time Peyton yelled at him for not doing it right. McAfee tweeted something out when he was watching that kick, and he was so fired up. Like, he did a live reaction. He's like, we're going to fucking win it, because he obviously a diehard Colts guy. Right before he swings his leg, you hear him say, oh no, the laces, or something like the late, like he could, you know, it shows you the way his mind works, what he's looking at. He saw it, and uh, I, I just, I won't believe the laces create that big of a shank. Like you said before the podcast, it looked like it was missing whether the fucking laces were in, out, to the side, right? It looked awful, but again, I don't, you know, I don't know. everyone either. talks about it, but it might... Jim, so Jim Carrey, this is like the this is like a grand slam. He made I don't even know how this is possible. I'm just looking at his IMDb. It says that Ace Ventura, The Mask, uh, both came out in 1994. Yeah, it was a good run. As did Dumb and Dumber. All three of those movies came out in the same year. What was he making on those movies? I don't know. I'm just looking at his IMDb release movie releases thing. Then Liar Liar came out in 97. The Truman Show came out in 98. I can't believe Man on the Moon came out in 99. Me, myself, was, and Irene. Uh, in what was Cable Guy? Cable Guy was, I think in between all that, was 96. People didn't like it. I, I'll be honest. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I didn't love it, but I have seen people that say, like, yeah, you gotta, there is something to appreciate there. Okay, <laughs> yeah. whatever. I mean, sometimes it'll just pop on television. It hasn't been for a long time, but I remember running into it one time, just surfing the channels, being like, you know what? I don't hate this. I don't hate this. That's that's a hell of a It might have been the E, so who knows? (laughs) It's a hell of a run. Really was. Let's tell them about the Ease.com guy. Yeah. Ease.com, John. E-A-Z-E. And EaseWellness.com. The promo code is HAM. Best delivery guy in the state of California, ease.com, promo code HAM. Tell all your friends. You get $20 off over a $50 purchase and potentially free delivery depending on where you live. It's like the Uber Eats of uh, of THC guy, uppers, downers, pre-rolls, vapes, edibles, you name it, they got it. Delivered to your house, ease.com. And then our friends for CBD, easewellness.com, promo code HAM, promo code HAM, and just another promo code HAM. Use it. Tell your friends. Very easy. I was uh, in New York this week. It was a very weird experience, John, to be a place where people talk about weed as if it's illegal because it's illegal. Get with the times, guy. I was talking to somebody. Uh, Alyssa and I went on Friday. We went to two shows at the Comedy Cellar. You can just wait in line and put your name on the list and go see comedy. 
And so we did that. And the first time right in front of us in line, the only two people there in front of us were was just this couple. And we started talking to them. And she started talking about it. She's like, yeah, well, I had to get I have migraine. So I get a medicinal card, but you can't just, you know, it's a legit thing. But walking yeah. up and down that street, I think it's uh, McDougal Street. Multiple times. We walked up and down McDougal multiple times because we went to the Comedy Cellar three times in like a four-day span. And you get a lot of this weed coke. Weed and coke. And now weed and coke. Smoke weed, do coke. I mean, it was inc- it's amazing. Yeah. And it's you just know, funny drugs, to me. Like, that's their number one priority. But who, who in California has walked up to you lately and been like, weed, you need some weed? Like, no one is just like, no. Yeah. Like, what? It's more like tax rebates. Tax rebates. Wait, you can do my you can do my taxes? Yeah. For cheap? I what can you what what kind of rate can you give me? That's that wouldn't that be more like something like that? Yeah. Like I'll sell you a cut my house. You know. Just you never know. Like no one even you rent control. Even <coughs> rent control. People <laughs> yeah. selling. I got you, dog. Yeah, that would be the move, right? It's like you somebody like a grandma passes away, you sell off her rented apartment at her rate. I we keep her alive though through some social security scam and you're selling off apartments at well below you're renting out apartments at, at old 1975 apartment rental rates someone had forwarded me this email i haven't clicked it out yet it clicked on it yet but i guess the, or a, a article and uh i guess that airbnb had this big time scam i saw that I, I haven't read about them but i guess whatever the scam yeah. was was pretty impressive i started i, I do want to look into it though. so i started reading it and then it was so long i never even i got to like what happened to the person but i was just like i can't Keep going yeah. to find out what the scam is. I can't do a Grant Lynn 55-page article. Just Can you give me the nuts and bolts at about 1,500 words, Max? That's why I try to keep my articles to about no more than 1,500. Probably usually that sweet spot about 1,250. I do it for the young millennial. Yeah. Just like, uh, what else we got going on, guy? Oh, we got Candid, John. Woo! Welcome to the podcast, CandidCO.com. So it's CandidCO.com slash ham. Use the code ham. To get $75 off. The holidays are here, Middlecoff. Uh, I mean, that's Colt Steelers to me says the holidays are here. It is a photo time of the year, and you don't Ooh. want to be the person with the closed mouth and all your photos while everyone else is grinning. Get yourself we'll get- photo ready. Get your smile started uh, right now. It's easier than ever with clear aligners from Candid. Well, guy, an experienced orthodontist who is licensed in your state creates a custom treatment plan. They show you a 3D preview so you can see your teeth, what they would look like when you're done. The aligners are comfortable, removable, and completely invisible. Candid, they ship your aligners directly to you. There's no hassle. And with each aligner purchase, Candid donates $25 to Smile Train, who brings safe, 100% free cleft lip and palate treatment to children around the globe, guy. Get your photo ready, like you said, smile by the holidays. Go to candidco.com slash ham. That's candidco slash ham. Candidco.com slash ham. It's the first time we've done it. We're we're dialing it in. We're dialing it in. in. (laughs) Um, Just like the Raiders, Middlecoff, they're dialing it in right now. Derek Carr dialing it in. I don't know. Watching the Lions, I feel like I'm watching a higher-level version of the Chargers for the last decade. They play in a lot of these games. But Raiders had to go make some plays, man. A car made some plays. Defense stood up. And here they are. We said it was a must-win game, and they won it. And maybe the best part about it is just Derek is – you tweeted this. I saw before he'd even thrown the, what turned out to be the game-winning touchdown. He's just playing really well. He's playing incredible, guy. He is very under control. 
I, how many of the quote-unquote interceptable balls, those pretty much for the most part have been non-existent these last three or four weeks. The touchdown he threw to Renfro guy that turned out to be the game winner. Do you know what was so incredible about that play? Obviously keeping the ball alive with his legs, and Renfro's a really smart player. But he threw the ball. You can't throw it too much inside because Renfro's momentum's taking him to the uh, to the sideline. You can't throw it too far to the sideline because the momentum might force his feet out of bounds. You have to kind of hit him right in the gut, right? Unless you, because he's so small, you can't have him extend. You might risk throwing him out of the end zone. It was the perfect throw. And, and he's, and he's rolling left, so he's throwing across the And he's body. rolling left as a right-handed thrower. I, I don't think it, it. people are just going to gloss over it like because it kind of looks routine because it's not that far away. I, I think that's one of the better plays he's made in years. I really? I really do. When you factor in what was on the line, he's rolling out full speed. There isn't much margin for error on that throw. Again, like you see a lot of players fuck that situation up. You might throw it a little high. You might throw it a little left. You can't throw it to where he's not running at. That throw was pristine. That, how about the throw to start that drive? Kind of the lobber to Jalen Richard. Yeah, Richard. 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 Who, who, when he threw it up, did you not go, whoa? I did. <laughs> because the safety was kind of hanging over there, but it was perfect. His accuracy guy, we gave Jimmy a lot of credit on Thursday night because your accurate throws. To me, the accurate throws, and you see sometimes this guy makes some great plays. But Matt Stafford also has some very, very inaccurate throws, does he not? Yeah. That are going way too fast, so it's like the guy doesn't even have a chance to catch it. I, I would say the one thing Derek does a lot better job than Stafford is changing speeds. You know, wouldn't you kind of say that Matt Stafford's would be like a closer that only throws a 100-mile-an-hour fastball? And it looks great when he does it, but sometimes, bro, you got to mix in like a changeup. Yeah, and the strike zone can move on him sometimes, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, Derek There's was, no disputing like his talent, but it you just watch the two of them. It looks like Derek was a little more under control in big, big spots. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's well said. He was 20 of 31, which is 65% for, for, for uh, 289. I just looked up. I was, got distracted by the jacket that Pat Mahomes was wearing today. Two touchdowns, no picks. Like, what did we talk about the other day? How many touchdowns? If Matt Stafford, I think you said this, if Matt Stafford throws three you'd have a chance it was three and a half was the number so he threw yeah, three thought, and one pick so it's kind of we'll call the it pick was I call it the two. pick was big right because yeah. it was in the end zone it what well yeah that wasn't the worst baby killing of the day that that right that's that was sam darnold and they were at like the night where were they were not on the two-yard line like the Jets were the Lions, but the, yeah, the the Lions. I don't even think might not have been in the baby zone. They might have been like twenty five. Uh, yeah, well, I was gonna say like the nineteen, but yeah, they. I don't think they're in the baby zone. D- D- well, that's what Derek hasn't killed a baby in weeks. He almost had one, but it would not have been his fault. Which one? Right before the touchdown, Josh Jacobs oh, off, off Jacob's his hands. hands. Yeah. Um, but anyway, to me, Carr at that sixty five percent, John for for eleven yards shy of three hundred. Tyreek Hill can run. Two God touchdowns. <laughs> We're watching the same highlights. That's like when I watch Milkoff's eyes get big. Josh Jacobs goes for 120 yards and two touchdowns. Like that's they look. They looked really good today in a game that they had to have. Game that they had to have. So I, what well, I think you sit here right now, now and their their offense is clearly playoff caliber. Like they have a playoff level offense because they have a 25 million dollar quarterback that's playing that level. Their defense is terrible. 
and it's just really, really bad, and they can't ever get stops. So, like, that's ultimately, to me, the difference of right now why there'll be six or seven wins instead of being nine or ten because their offense is, is play, can play with anybody. Like, Matt Stafford, statistically, I think he has 19 touchdowns right now, which I think might lead the league, has been one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And boom, Derek went toe-to-toe with him. It's they just can't get stops. And, you know, I, I did think they were going to lose this game, so I'll give them credit for winning it. They found a way. They really, they were kind of in control. They kind of, I thought they got outplayed in the first half, but Detroit didn't capitalize on it. And then in the second half, they made more plays consistently, and Stafford was just two hit or miss on just big downs, like throwing these fastballs over guys' heads. But if Derek's going to play like that, you're going to be in a lot of games. Now what's kind of crazy is just it's their time to play this Thursday night game. So you're 4-4, four and four, you kind of carry over the momentum, and you go, well, they can build off this definitely. But I think we look probably a little bit differently at the Chargers today that played really well. And that game's now, fuck, I'm 4-4 four and 4-5. Four and four and five. I mean, it, does mean, it doesn't mean nothing because well, the Chiefs, who got a big win today, aren't 8 or 9-0. and oh. They are 6-3, and three, so the the – Still, the, the division's still interesting in the sense that, you know, we got three teams, definitely the two fighting for second place. I mean, this is a big game. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, the Chargers, and we'll talk about the Packers from a Niners perspective too, but that game was from a Raider perspective, the Chargers. Question is, how many points do you have to hold the Chargers to on Thursday night to win? Because uh, their defense looked really good against Green Bay, and they really got well, after was, Aaron Rodgers. Bosa was all over the place, wasn't Everywhere. <laughs> How good are those two right now? It's got to be in their peaks while they're both playing, like, the greatest tandem of all time, brother-wise, that are going simultaneously. Like, because Watt got going, and then he kind of fell apart, and then TJ's kind of come on these last year or two, but they were never, like, defensive player of the year and, like, rookie of the year, you know, ever at the same simultaneously. I look up the last couple weeks, and Joey Bosa has made me think, like, yeah, he's better than Nick. And then I'll watch Nick and be like, ah, he might be better than Joey. But they're both, like, football-level guys. I mean, you could argue they're both the best players on their own team. It's well, they're, pretty incredible. They're both in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. Would you say Bosa feels... Which one? Uh, Nick, like a rookie of the year? Like, do you think the two rookies of the year, offense and defense, are going to come out of the Bay Area? That's a good question. Yeah. Because Gar- Gardner's fallen off. Yes, he should be replaced in two weeks. If Kyler keeps playing like that, I think historically it's been the quarterback just going to put up some more stats. But are they only going to have like five wins at the end of the year? And if the Raiders have seven or eight and he's been their best player? How many yards you say Jacobs had today? 80? Uh, no, like 120. Sorry. Goddamn. I mean, he's had a bunch. Of, yeah, he's – I mean, he's going to rush for – Yeah, 120. If, I know he was on pace two weeks ago for like 1,300. I mean, give or take that range, which wouldn't you say 12, 1,300 is kind of the new 16, 1,700 because they rotate guys so much. Right. I mean, as crazy as that sounds, it's really true. Because when we were growing up, it's like, who was Emmett Smith's backup? Well, he didn't. He just fucking played. Like, he didn't. He just, who was Barry Sand? Like, the starters. It's kind of like when Michael Jordan and Clyde and all these guys get mad at the young guys. Like, sit out game. What? We just fucking played. You know, it's like Emmett's. Yeah, we didn't have a change of pace back. They just. I was the change of pace. They just told me to run a different route or run a different play. So it's just so different now. Even when I was in the league, the difference between your backup and your starter was a Grand Canyon wide difference, and that was literally in this decade. Now it feels like 
Even if you got Saquon, you're like, well, we need a really good backup because we want to keep him fresh. Everyone's so big on that, keeping him fresh, which I'm with you, but I, there were a couple times today, and I get he's young, but you could argue that's the time. Like It's like, why isn't Jacobs, I mean, I would not You pull Jacobs out of the game. I was texting people at the game, like, is he injured on the sideline? Like, why do they got Richard in there? And I like Richard. And obviously he had that big catch at the end, but I I would never take 28 out. I, I give Gruden credit for fucking ever yanking him out of the game. I mean, I would just want that guy on the field at all times because he's liable to break tackles. He's liable to get first downs. He can catch the ball. He's just, he's a stud. I mean, he's, he's really fucking good. And, and here's another thing. If you're playing the Raiders, how do you let 83 just always be wide open? Wouldn't you probably keep a hat on that guy? Like, that guy consistently gets pretty open. I think the same thing about Kittle. Like, hey, guys, if you watch the Raiders or Niners play, they throw it to the tight end constantly. And those guys are good with the ball in their hands. Like, you might want to follow that guy. This is the type of thing you probably, you know, like the local guy gets mad at the national guy because they're not hammering on it enough. You just know, like, I'm watching Raider games. And now it's at the point any Raider fan would know, like, they're fucking throwing it to 83. And it's the right move because right. he's really, really good. But but a lot of times, like, God, Waller's wide open again. And then Derek's just hit, blasting him. The other guy who's not bad is the LSU tight end, Hunter Monroe. He makes some plays. He's had a couple nice catches this year. Uh, he was supposed to be, just be like a blocking tight end. Yeah. What, what Imagine I, if they would have taken Josh Allen. They might have had like the best draft ever. Farrell, hey, uh, Cleveland Furl did get the pressure Why did they on the last play. Like what that? did you think of Gruden calling the timeout? Lions have no timeouts. I'm sure everybody saw it. Rushing up. It's going to be fourth down at like the one and a half or wherever the, wherever the ball was, two-yard line. So they wouldn't be able to spike it. And they, they can't stop it. Now there's eight seconds. So it's clear they're going to get lined up and get the playoff. Like that much was clear. He didn't bail them out from not getting the playoff. But he called the timeout. But he called it kind of when they got close to the line, right? Because he gets tackled with 15. They kind of get up there around right. 12, 10. You're like, well, they're going to get a legit. Obviously, they had multiple play calls. And then, like you said, out of the blue, they're like, time out. And you realize, well, someone tweeted at me. I don't know if you saw this. Paul Gunther called the timeout. And my response is, assistants aren't allowed. The only yeah. people that can call timeouts Was are there players video of that? and coaches. No. I, and then he's like, he, the guy might have made it up. I just think every time you see Groot on the sideline, you think he's mad at somebody else. I just think that's his face. You know what I mean? Like, it, I think it looked like he, it, as if somebody had made a mistake. I just, I think maybe he's mad that we're in the position where we had to call the timeout. Like, maybe he was mad about that. It, 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 you, it just on the surface, it's an insane move because you're bailing out a team that is scrambling a little bit. Unless, now, yeah, it's insane. Like, what if you're scrambling a little bit? Like they hadn't just been on the goal well, line. Well, every, everyone's scrambling. I'm just, I'm saying, like it's not like the previous play was at the three yard line, right? Yeah, but you had their personnel group is not going to change. So whoever they are on the field, you had your personnel group against that group. So you are matched up personnel-wise. You giving them a timeout just enables them to sit down and go to the drawing board. Now, once the play happened, you realize they probably overthought it. Because the the personnel they had on the field, they were going 3-4 wide and spreading out the field. Then when they come in off the timeout, they're in the jumbo package... What did you think when they lined up? Oh, here comes a play-action pass. I didn't think they were going to run it. I thought I thought maybe like a Stafford bootleg, naked, naked nude bootleg. I, yeah, what it, who was that, Coughlin? Nakeds and nudes? It, 
Yeah, I mean, it was clear something like that was coming. A rollout, a play action. I think the shocking thing would have been run. Do you agree there? I do. Because they had struggled to run. But again, so they come off the timeout, and what the way the signals work, you see who's coming in, and you match the personnel. So the Raiders also got some time to think. And again, this is on Gruden's side. Like, you just got a chance to take a deep breath. I think conventional wisdom goes, you would just take your chances kind of freelance, you know, just letting it go, right? Because the offense is ultimately really scrambling. Yeah, I, I, I fundamentally agree. I just, I do think at the end of the day, if you feel like your team's scrambling too, then but you're that, up a touchdown guy. No, no, I know. I'm just saying, if you feel like your team is a little disheveled, then you're taking a risk by not calling the timeout. I think a greater risk than if you call. I'm not saying it's the right thing. I'm just saying all See, you can I, do is coach your team. If you if you're looking at your team going, I don't think we are prepared for this. But you're up. You're winning. Well, yeah, I understand. But again, if I'm watching my team going, we're not prepared for this. To me, it's different if like it's a tie game or in a situation where you're in control. Like they got to match you. So why don't you just give them the opportunity to be kind of crazy? It doesn't matter yeah, if you're kind of crazy, too. Honestly, the score doesn't change anything for me. I, I, to me, it's as simple as if I'm looking at my guys and I don't think my guys are ready, then I don't hate the timeout. Yeah, I think it's inexcusable, though the result worked out for them. Yeah, well, but see, I don't disagree with that like, cause, because you're right. Like, It is inexcusable to be in the position where you're not ready in that moment and you have to use the timeout. But, That's but why I agree. Not, but you're going to be just the nature of that situation, even if it's Belichick's team, it's going to be a little weird. That's part of that situation, no that time in the game. No, no question. I, you giving them a timeout is just, you're giving them, you're helping them out. Now, ultimately, it's on them to call a play or whatever, but they don't have time to really sit down and think about it. Unless sure. your complete logic is, we're basically freezing them, hoping they overthink it. That that if that was their logic, I'd be like, maybe I guess. No, but see, I, don't I hate think that. that. Logic. I'm not with. It. I'm but just that's 100 not their logic. They they yeah. just did it because like you, it's okay to be. Everyone's discombobulated. Just take your chances. Well, again, though, it's like who do I who do I trust more in that situation that's discombobulated? Our defense or their offense? Their for me, it's the, I trust their offense more. In that situation, if we're talking about more, who's more discombobulated? Because the Raiders' well, defense you know, was struggling to make plays when they were prepared. Yeah, well, no matter what, timeout or no timeout, your defense is going to be at the disadvantage, right? Because their offense is better than your defense. But you give them time to think when they're already kind of all fucked up, maybe that they're not, they don't have the luxury because you don't have a timeout to call the quote-unquote preferred play in that situation. You just, you got, I'm not defending you. Got lucky yeah. with the play call. I, you know, no, I, mean, I agree. Just, I'm not defending I, I get what you're saying. saying. I, I just, to I, me, there would, are, I don't think it's, I, th- I don't think it's okay to do there that. There are degrees here where at the end, if you think your team's not ready, then not calling the timeout because you're also helping them, I think is, is a potentially a greater risk. But, when, and part of the call on the timeout there, I would imagine is and maybe he said something in the post game is guys are gassed so you don't have a choice plus if you think could be but didn't it feel like the timeout was like 10 seconds <laughs> well yeah but i'm saying i'm just talking like they've just been gassed from that drive yeah, yeah no 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 I, I the drive, and they've been getting worked in the second half now part of it is do you want to get a timeout 
to kind of talk about the situation that if they do score the two-point or two? Because do you think they go for two if they score there? It's interesting. We were texting about it. I, I mean, it feels to me like a Belichick coach would do it. But he's on his own little kind of clock. <laughs> I, uh, I also think if you're them, you just drove the field. Now, the Raiders just did it to you. But you're feeling like, look, we can tie it up. We'll get the ball. We can drive the field on these guys again. But I think they you're just at did the it to two you. yard line, 50 50 spot. You just yeah. drove the field with ease. Well, I mean, why not go for it? Right. I don't I mean, know. I, I, Patricia's a wild card. I, I think he's one of the worst coaches in the NFL. Like, he has nothing to do with the offense, and their defense is atrocious. Uh, and he's been bad forever. Like, it's pretty clear. Like, he, you get him out these last couple of years, New England's defense has looked completely different. I just I don't trust Patricia in overtime. And I actually am inclined to think that he would kick the field goal. That would be my guess that he would have kicked the field goal there and just played overtime because that just seems like what his style is. I um, I think you're probably right, but we've talked about this for years, and there's something too like the all of overtime. You're just going to be trying to get to that spot that you're in. But but I never understand like uh, what was I? What was the game? Tampa. They score late in their game. They're on the road. They're already what two and five or two and six. I get fucked up with the records now because some teams have had by, some teams hadn't. And Bruce Arians is, is the Bucks kicker or the Utah kid? Is it yeah. I or something? Yeah, Matt What's Gay. What's his last name? Matt Gay. Matt Gay. That, you know, you'd think Arians, nothing to lose. Like, it's clear they're not making the playoffs or anything. You're on the road. you got a kind of a young, you know, team that's just whatever. Just get some positive momentum. Go for two in that situation. You have great offensive players, and he kicks the fucking field goal, and they go to overtime and lose. So I, like I don't necessarily think there's a rhyme or reason to all these coaches. I know all these analytic guys on Twitter think it's like some they're using the. I, I don't think any coaches, for the most part, are using anything. They're just kind of flying by the seat of their pants what they feel on that given moment. I don't know where you stand on that, but I think that. Well, some, no, I, I think where they're using the charts is when you're when it's when the scores are wider margin. I agree. Like when it's that like that's when they're using the swing, charts for sure. Yeah. But yeah. I. But on like when to go for it on two pointers and not, I think they're all kind of winging it, don't you? Well, I'm saying I think they're you, when to go for it on two pointers is to me it's they're doing it when it's like three score games. When I'm it's, talking, I'm when talking about that, the end, I'm talking yeah. about at the end of the games when they choose like well, this guy's going for the win or this guy's playing for overtime. I think he's just kind of gut whatever he feels like well, at the moment. But how many charts could there be on that? Right? It's like there's either it's uh, the percentage, whatever the percentage is, is the percentage. This is what a two point fifty fifty choice. Is. And if you go to overtime, it's whatever the percentage yeah, is. Right? Yeah. So like you're right. the percentage, it's, if you're down 11, you're like, well, you need to get this two now or whatever. Like, yeah, there are certain number points in the second half that you just have to hit with two pointers or not, right? Like, it, it, it's like you said, if you're down 15, they argue go for the two on the first ch- shot, you know, and then you can force your way, I guess, on the second shot, even though that would only be 14. I don't know. I mean, there are situations that clearly add up to it on the bigger margins for sure. The Raiders were not going to be denied, John. If they had gone for two, the Raiders would have got to stop. I'm confident. And maybe that's why they call two, though, to like just tell their guys. like. But again, if they score, you do have you 40 have time, seconds yeah. between. Yeah, you got a little time. Aren't all scoring plays reviewable, too? So I guess depending on how the touchdown happened, they would review it maybe. You're right, though. It was a very, very entertaining game. So uh, Colts are 5-3. and three. T.Y.'s out, I think, two more weeks. He was out today. He's out two more weeks. Uh, Steelers are four and four. Raiders are four and four. Jags are hitting their bye after a disastrous offensive performance in London. Shocker. They're four and five. Um, 
Chargers four and five. I can't believe the Bills are six and two, but they are. <laughs> They've had a pretty easy schedule. So they're in good shape, man. And now, yeah, Thursday night football, like you said, big test. Another big test. But the, but the Raiders, the one thing you'll say, they've had some impressive wins. They've had some impressive wins. Say what we I want. Thought today, I thought today was an impressive win. Yeah. I'll give them that. Like, I don't think today was – I actually think the Lions are decent. And the thing that gets interesting now, they would rather have – because Houston beat them. They want Houston to win the division, right? And they'll take their chance on the tiebreaker against Indy because they beat them head-to-head. So they wouldn't like they wouldn't mind Indy coming back to Earth a little bit, and just hope, you know, uh, Houston wins the division, because that's where when we were talking about that Houston game last week, where it was big, they would have had tiebreakers over both those two teams. And doesn't it feel like both those two teams are going to be right around nine, ten, kind of ish? Like I watched the Texans this morning. The quarterback's just incredible, but their team is not very good. I mean, they are depending on, and again, he looks good. Did you see the Carlos Hyde fumble? No. Where he's just what time busts was off that? like a. It was late in the game. Oh, okay. I have no he, excuse. He, he busts off like a 60 yard run to basically just to end it. And he's about to score. And the DB comes in right at like the half yard line and hits the ball out. They fall on it in the end zone touchback. Was he like on. He was. It was Don BB. He style? was off to the races. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, no, he was holding it. It was it was a better was play. Was he slowing by down the DB. or he was just running? No, I mean the DB was just hauling ass. Okay. I mean the DB it was a corner and he was running and he you see him close his fist and just get a perfect swing, perfect time too because he's like a half yard off. You don't get credit for those 60, 50 yards, do you, as a running back, or do you? I think you do. You get credit for the run. I think so. Yeah, I've never. I've always wondered. I've wondered that the last couple of years. I don't know. Yeah, I've if it's a catch, you, you did not, if, I've always assumed you did not. If it's a catch, think about it. See, I didn't. I've never even thought about it until this very second. But if it's a catch, you would have. You'd get a reception. Right? Let me see. Yeah, you're right. He he got credit for 58 yards. So if it's a catch, you do get credit for reception in the yards because it's a fumble. I've it's just been thinking about that recently. I'm like, do I even know football rules? <laughs> yeah. I guess the the catch for sure. I just wonder that about running because part of being a running back, get the yards, you have to you like end the ball. Like you caught the ball, right? Then you run around and you get it fumbled, whatever. But the run, you get a sixty yard run and then you fumble and you lose it. But that's the point, right? Is you can't fumble it unless you've had it. So you had to have had it, and then it's like, well, you did something with it. What'd you do with it? It's got, I know, like, but your team no longer has the ball. I've always understood, said, it, but I'm just saying, like, we have to be able. E- it's been an ease thought of mine for the last like month, and I'm like, I- I've been I've been insecure about asking it on Twitter. Like, <laughs> are you an idiot? But I- I've just really thought about this guy, and I-, I don't necessarily know. I think when you get into the weeds with something like that, pun intended, you just have to reverse engineer it. Right? It's like everything that happens in the game has to be accounted for after the game. So, when you, so if I get 40 yards, the ball did move 40 yards. Even if yes. I fumble and lose it right there, someone then got it right there. That, right. that play happened. Yeah, if the ball's at midfield, you can't have a 80-yard fumble return with no explanation for how the ball got 30 yards the other way. Because like at the end of the game, if you have 420 yards on offense, just because you fumbled those multiple plays, you don't have to subtract the 70 yards of long plays that turned into fumbles, right? But you do subtract shacks, but that right. makes sense because it's negative yardage. But I, I hate that sometimes because it doesn't tell the whole it doesn't tell the whole story of the run game. Well, it is kind of bullshit that a sack, which is on a pass, 
has negative implications on the run game if you have a game right where you get sacked six or seven times and lose a total of 40 yards but you have a running back that runs for 95 yards another guy that runs for 40 yards you're well above 100 but the negative yards bring you back closer to 100 like we actually ran for 137 yards control the clock even kneel downs those should be defensive indifference level plays you know like offensive indifference minus a yard but doesn't actually count against your run they need to find a way to get it to football like what the baseball does for the walk. Like it's just not accounted for, but it kind of is because you do get credit for it on your OBP, but it's not an out, but it's not a hit. You know, it's just a zero. I think they should do something like that with... Well, it's a plate appearance, but not in a bat. Is that what you mean? You need like another well, category? Well, I just, I just mean like you don't get... It's a plate appearance, but yeah, you're like it doesn't hurt your your batting average or anything but you get on base percentage credit for it but, but you're you saying the reverse you shouldn't get yards for plays that end in fumbles well no i i thought it more like a uh I, i'm trying to think of the situation that i was thinking for like a receiver the one thing that's been bothering me is and it's hard now because it would fuck with the historical stats but they need to find a way and this is like in in the weed stats if Carr hits Darren Waller over the middle and he has to stretch out and it goes through his hands and it lands in whoever Detroit safeties is hands. Like, is that pick on yeah, it should just be like a zero zero and like no pick, or maybe there should be a separate category of like receiver caused interceptions. Hmm. You know, because not all picks are the same. Like you see some pick sixes, like Hoyer threw today, it's just a pick six, a pick six. And there are a large majority of just interceptions that are just not necessarily the quarterback's fault. But how do you account for quarterback run uh you know now with the issue is like running back was supposed to keep running or receiver was supposed to keep running well, that's, sat that's down. Where gets, that's where it gets difficult too. So we can it's, only deal with what but but yeah I, I'm with you. That's, that's, that's why where PFF, PFF I think a lot of people throw red flags like how do you really know what's going on? Right? Did you but, did you ever read the Prague Marate article about uh ticking? I haven't yet. Dan Brown Dan Brown, really good. Yeah, okay. He just tried to create PFF before PFF. And I think people always, I know I question PFF, and they fucking argue it relentlessly. How do you know what the motherfucker was supposed to do? Whether it was the guard, whether it was the slot receiver. You can take a very, very educated guess, but you don't truly know unless that coach gives you the play sheet. That's why like a guy like yeah. Zimmer hates it. Because right. he goes, you have no clue what I'm calling. Well, that's so why even I've, if it looks like the guy did the right thing, he actually might have done the wrong thing, and that's where coaches would say, yeah, it's a great play, but we actually give him a negative, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I mean, the, I but but I do think there football. are things like, you know, uh, adjusted completion percentages for guys. Well, and that's the type of shit where I love it, yeah. you know? Or the I think a good one on the quarterbacks is, well, if you had a season where you throw seven interceptable balls, and that's where I give Carr credit this year, I think he has four interceptions. Uh, now, obviously, he has some fumbles. But I don't – beside – there was one in the Houston game. How many balls does he have that, like, went through DB's hands? And there was a year, I think, remember when people would argue, well, he did throw a lot of interceptable passes. And it's like, yeah. well, if you throw 15 of those on a year and one year you throw two or three, like, that's a huge difference. Like, there is some element of baseball, quote-unquote, the luck, right? Eventually, balls are going to fall in play. Like, eventually, Mr. Bisky's balls are going to hit – the DB's going to catch it, right? <laughs> he, he, should be, he shouldn't be throwing many passes more. Um, all right. That's a great part, about, I would say, though, about football is we're, like even if you do get a little advanced, like that's not that – like everyone could understand that, like interceptable balls. Like I, I understand what that yeah, means. Yeah, right? totally. 
Yep. It's a pretty surface level, you know, uh, deep number dive. What's the name explains what it is. Yeah, interceptable That's the problem pass. with, ba- with I think, some people with baseball stats. It's like, I don't, what does the name mean? Well, it I just also, means we've adjusted for ballpark <laughs> and league average. It's like, oh, interceptable ball rate or whatever we call it. It's like, oh, I, yeah, I, I don't even, I, I don't even know anything to know what that is. I, I would also say, like, in football, a lot of people can recite, well, remember the time when Kaepernick threw that near interception or remember the time that fucking Brady should have been picked out? Like, people do remember those plays. No one ever, unless it's like game seven of the World Series. Remember that play in uh, first game, wild card round, the ball should have fallen in, but it just hit right of the... It's just different because there's so many more ABs and yeah. pitches. That's why you need the numbers in that sport. Well, you I need know. the stats more. That's why Farhan says time to dominate. Uh, all right. So from Derek Carr, who's playing really well to a team that's in really good shape, Niners didn't play this weekend, played on Thursday, and uh, Seahawks won, although they were they were down, what, 21-7? to Packers had a really weird, like you you called it a clunker. I mean, it really was. Well, I, I did watch it and just wonder about them, though. Was it a clunker? Do they have some problems up front? What was the stat you gave me? Like heading into the fourth, they had yeah, four at one first point, downs they in had the game? Four first punts and five, four first downs and five punts at one point in the game. Is that a good ratio? For the, for the Chargers defense, it was a great ratio. I, I, yeah. I have no clue who the Packers punter is. But he got a lot of work today. He did. So, I, I mean, this, the, the, if the Seahawks had lost today, would the NFC West have been over? Because they would have been the second three-loss team. Not second three-loss team. The Cardinals already. But the Rams and the Seahawks would then have had three losses with the Niners with none. What is, I'm going back right now, Seattle's record? Seattle is now... Well, they're seven. So they're and two. seven and two. So if they would have lost today, they would have been six and three. So they would have had seven games remaining. And if they went six and one in those games, the 49ers, that would be four losses. And then the 49ers, they just went five and three down the stretch. It's a wrap. I, I would have said basically the NFC West's over. Because it's just hard. Like in the NFL, it's hard to make up two games in two months, uh, unless you do play the teams head to head. And obviously, divisional games you get too. Well, they haven't played each other, so they do get two matchups. And this one coming up here a week from, if you're listening to this today, what day? that game? That game. Everyone's listening big. to it today. Yeah, everyone's listening to it today. But if it's Monday, you're listening to it a week from the when that hashtag when that ease hits. I, I I think that that if they would have you know screwed this game away to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it, it would have taken some luster and some juice off the Monday night game. Don't you think? Yeah. Just because, like, well, it's not a must-win for the Niners. I wouldn't say it's a must-win now, but it sure as hell gets pretty fucking interesting, right, if they lose this game. Yeah, and I, I think it's a win the game and the division, you put the whole thing away. Because so, then you'd have wins against L, all three divisional opponents. You're 9-0. and Yeah, you're in the driver's seat. You'll be three seat. games ahead of second place. Yeah, you're in the driver's seat. So, I mean, that's the value there. And then... The other thing is just right now you would say they are in the driver's seat. This is what you said to me. Just for a bye. I mean, the Packers lost and just looked flawed. I, because part of that is, I don't know what you think about this, but if we just took 
coaching quarterback, coaching quarterback, coaching quarterback, and just lined everybody up. Now, it's easy today to say this because Jimmy Garoppolo played such a great game Thursday. But if you took coach and quarterback, who do you – I'm not asking who's better because then you get into this whole conversation about Aaron Rodgers. But just who do you trust more right now going into a game, Garoppolo plus Kyle Shanahan or Rodgers plus LaFleur? Yeah, I mean, I you clearly like the Niners head coach the most. I, I think the quarterback thing, though, because you've seen I, – I get he played shitty today. I I think you're you're allowed – two really clunkers during the year, and this is really their first, like, what the fuck? You know, I mean, Rodgers was 33 of 35, and he only threw for 160 yards. I, I, yeah, to me, I, I, I've never liked Matty L. And the thing that I, I got to give him credit, though, is he's, he's woken up Rodgers being happy at football again, like enjoying himself. Like, there is something to that, right? That he just, Aaron just looks happier than he's been in years. Now, he might have been happy with whoever you gave him as long as it wasn't Mike McCarthy. To me, where the game is played matters because, and again, I don't like Matt LaFleur and I don't trust him at all. And I, I'd be hard-pressed. I would never in a million years pick him head-to-head to win a game against Kyle Shanahan in a big game. The difference is his quarterback is arguably one of the greatest players we've ever seen, guy. So in, you get him in a situation. Now, the difference is you lose today. They got two losses the Niners do control their own destiny because they can knock them the fuck out because they play them in a couple weeks at home. But do you love Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers going to Lambeau? Now, that situation changed dramatically today because it doesn't feel that likely anymore. You know, I, I, I think the only question now is the Saints who had a bye, it kind of feels like it's a two-headed monster, especially if the Niners win this Monday for that those two seats. You know, you win Monday night and then you take care of a business against Arizona – all of a sudden, you're like 10-0. and 0. You're like, well, this team's a lock to get to like 13-14. And it probably feels like the Packers a little more likely to be a 12-4 and 4 team than a 14-2 and 2 team. Because I'd say the other big curveball with them is the first month, it was like Mike Pettin, best defensive coordinator in the league. Their defense was kicking ass. Haven't they come back to earth a little bit? You know, Matt Moore kind of lit them yep. up last week. They are... I got the Patriots on in the background, but regardless of what happens tonight, I think the Patriots and the Niners are viewed as the best two defenses in the league. Because even Minnesota today, who had been playing really well, you know, Matt Moore and Tyreek Hill, like you just, now, I mean, the, the Chiefs' offensive players are awesome, but you go, yeah, I think the Niners are a little more complete than that group. And the Bears have kind of been a shell of themselves I would say this season, relative to what they were last year, which was one of the best defenses in recent memory. They're not that group right now. Uh, and I think they tell you, well, fuck, I mean, we're only allowing like averaging less than a two touchdowns a game. I mean, tell these guys to throw a touchdown, which would be true. But the Niners, it's looking pretty good for them. I mean, that's the nature of being 8-0 and playing some of these teams still at Levi's. Because they get the Rams at Levi's too, which – the Rams had a bye this week, but don't you think when it's all said and done, like uh, the Rams aren't dead, you know? They're they're still going to be heard from. That game's going to be hard. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, they're good. Like, the math is tough, but I still think they're a good football team. I'd also say this about your Sneaky Rogers game, by the way, they go to Pittsburgh this week. Like, Who does? Week, week the, t- like next week, week 10. Rams. That's actually a pretty decent, not a terrible game. Their is next that, three games are at Pittsburgh. Sunday night football against the Bears. Monday night football against the Ravens. Wouldn't you say this, though? I, You know, I said if they played at Lambeau, 
What if the Packers play the Niners in the second round of the playoffs? They're okay. the three seed, the Niners are the two seed, or the one seed, whatever. That's just the second round matchup. The Saints play Seattle, L.A., or Dallas, and the Niners get Green Bay. Wouldn't you say that's pretty conducive to Aaron Rodgers playing a warm-weather playoff game? I mean, playing a game that's – obviously it's conducive to the Niners. I'm not saying it's a disadvantage for them, but I'm just saying, like, they're going to like their chances just in a game where he's can do whatever they want to do. It's not a 10-degree howling winds or anything. Yeah, you could argue the Niners would benefit more from the cold weather just given their ability to run the football. Yeah, and just kind of muddy the, and not dependent on the pass really at all. That, you would say the Packers – And their ability to stop the run. You just say the Packers, if they are going to be a threat in the playoffs, it's going to be Rodgers. And the way that, like, it's it's weird to say this, but their home field advantage, given the way they've historically liked to play, like their problem against the 49ers Kaepernick teams, remember, where they were just out-toughed and out-physicaled. And you'd say the Niners are probably more physical than them. But that, I mean, the Kaepernick run game, Kaepernick used to kill them on the ground. It's a little different now, even though the Niners run game is really good. It's a different. There's no quarterback run threat, right? How? how what type of TV rating think that would get second round? Packers, <laughs> Niners. <laughs> do they do decent? <laughs> would you say that would probably be like? Would is Fox choosing that or Saints? Yeah, Saints Cowboys. Oh well. All right, you, Cowboys well, to me is just Cowboys versus anybody is probably your number one pick. Okay, let's rank these. Saints-Cowboys, Niners-Packers, uh, let's go New England-Baltimore, Casey-Buffalo. Casey-Buffalo, Saturday afternoon. Right? Yeah, that's last. Yep. So that's the that worst game. Night game, I'd say NBC probably goes, I guess you can never go wrong New England, but I think they might go Niners-Green Bay. Uh, you the say Fox New England's playing one of the two. You say New England's playing who? Baltimore. <sighs> They've historically, though, I think moved the needle on big games. You know, I'm not. Yeah, I, act like I, there are nobody. I got it. Who do, who does NBC choose? I feel like let's go. Fo- you you agree? Fox is choosing the Cowboys. Fox takes the Cowboys. Yep. So then NBC is T- either choosing TBS, Bro- TBS gets the Chiefs game. <laughs> yeah, Chiefs Bills. Uh. Who does NBC choose? They go Brady and they go Harbaugh, or do they go, you know, the historic kind of rivalry? I think part of this is are the Niners like fourteen and two? Yeah, I mean that's so it'd be fourteen and two, and the Packers are twelve and four, thirteen and three. And let's say they had a, let's say they had an epic game against each other, so you can build it like yeah. Part two. All right, now you're now you're talking me into it. My but first, what if this game I'll, in I'll the background honest. has epic. Too. My first gut reaction was you t- they take the Pats. But do you think the Pats are grandfathered in like the Cowboys? Would no, be? I don't think they're quite on the Cowboys level. So do you think the Packers and the Niners make it interesting? Because would you say the Packers are probably closer than the Patriots than yeah, yeah. If not, you could argue if the Packers are just there. And when the Niners are good, I mean it's sleeping giant. How many times you, you've been fucking on the road out with the people in the East Coast? I have gotten four or five times in the last five or six days before the Cardinal game and a couple times since, just like, are the Niners really going to go to the Super Bowl? Are the Niners really this good? Like, it's crazy the people that are just... I think the first, like, couple weeks, first five or six weeks, people just kind of keep it to themselves. Now it's like, is this real? Like, it, did, did we just get hit over the head with a ton of bricks like Harbaugh that first year? Like, are, 
Are we making a run? Well, I did. I will tell you this though, John. I had a couple conversations where it was like, "Oh, where are you from?" You know, you know, Bay Area, California. Like, oh, Niners on Thursday night. Like, people are aware. Yeah, they move the needle, bro. Because because they're not just good. They're undefeated. They're right yeah, now. They're they're really kind of when you look at their games, they've been kicking the shit out of people, right? So that's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, the, the the uh, the Pittsburgh games aged a little better. Right, because they're four and four, they're just decent. Yeah, yeah. I mean that the that was probably their clunker properly. The, that was the Niners' clunker, right? The Pittsburgh game, yeah. yeah, five turnovers. They just they won it. They got lucky, like the Steelers. The way they're playing now, they lose. Remember how bad Mason was? I mean, it was his first ever start. Yeah, that first half of the game, Mason Rudolph looked like a undrafted free agent practice squatter. He he, and then, you just see the difference. Like in a game, you can afford that in certain situations. Like to even be in the game, you need five turnovers. If you have a game like that against like the way Stafford and Carr are playing today, you're just fucked. It's just like you just that's going to be your game where you lose forty to three, right? It just all kind of depended on who you're playing that week when you do have your clunker. Like the 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 Green Bay clunker. Well, you got the you got fucking the Chargers who. You know, clearly internally, and Rivers doesn't think they're scrubs. That if you fuck around with them, like they can kick your ass. Yeah. And you just, to me, your your clunker is when you're a really good team, you can get lucky and win it if you play the shitty team. You know. Mm-hmm. Because ideally, you want to leave your clunker for the shitty team, and then you got a you got a chance, and then your best versions against the best teams. Right. Because you say the Niners. They've had a couple of their best versions of themselves. You know, the first, second week it was against Cincinnati, and they looked unreal. Then the game against the Browns, where it was like, okay, but have they really beaten anyone? And then the Panthers, which today, like the Panthers are probably winning nine or ten games. It was like, okay, the Niners, when they're on, they're they're playing with anybody because they're kicking the shit out of you. That game will probably age pretty well because I think the Panthers, who at one point I looked up, they were kicking the crap out of Tennessee. I know Tennessee kind of came back, but couple garbage time touchdowns. You knew pretty good? Hmm. Uh, McCaffrey. <laughs> Did you see that one touchdown he had where it's like, and McCaffrey is... Oh, I know you saw it because you tweeted it. <clears throat> it's like, a Dory Jackson, oh my God. And then he kind of gets tackled, falls over, and gets in the end zone. God! Touchdown! I'm a sucker for a guy that can run. You know, I, I'm a major, major sucker for a 70 or 80 yard run and getting hawked down by a guy just going 99 miles an hour. Like, oh, he's going to catch him. He's going to, even if the guy scores, like, just that view of the last 20 yards, someone just kind of hawk the guy. Because Adoree, wouldn't you say, is just, I mean, the one thing he's known for is he can fucking run. Yeah. It's, to me, he, it's, guys running is some of the best parts of sports. And you get it the most in football. Wasn't Adoree a track star in high school? He definitely yeah. was in high school. Uh, he Did ran he, track he, he at USC, yes. Yeah, he, he could fly. Yeah. He's, that I know we were laughing. That Tyreek. <laughs> I mean, like, there are some guys in the NFL who just have historic speed. You know? It's just, <clears throat> and when they actually can play, because Marquise can't really. Even Adoree, he's not that good. That's the one thing that makes Tyreek kind of a fun player is he's actually a really good football player. If you do have historic speed and you can play, you get like Tyreek Hill or Deion Sanders. I mean, it's you just you're automatically going to be one of the best players in football. Yeah, like Deshaun's abdomen, I guess, is just falling off. 
because even at 32, he can still, I mean, now he can't anymore because when he runs that fast, it's like a car. It just all falls apart. But I wonder if his body's like, no, bro, you just can't keep running this fast. We're going to start ripping different tendons off your bones. You know, and he's like, I don't understand it. Well, humans shouldn't be able to move this fast, Deshaun, and you're, you know, you're my age. Because it's got to be kind of like, what the fuck? I'm just running, right? Well, eventually, you know, you just, your body doesn't allow you to do that, which is wild. I mean, it's just, it's, you never quite, I mean, if you've watched sports and the older you get, you've seen it happen to generations of players, but it's always like, oh, this is when his body's going, (laughs) you know? Yeah. You're just never quite ready for it, and it comes at different times. Or you're Vinatieri and you're 57 years old, and it's like, yeah, this is what happens. The question you, is, will, I mean, we're no kicking experts. Yeah. Do you think part of all of these misses has to do with his age? Has to, right? Yeah. I, I don't I, I don't know anything, but how, yeah, I mean, it could be flexibility. Like you said previously, could be that he just has to try and kick so hard on every kick. I don't, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's my going kicking theory. It's just the effort that it would take to kick that hard. And clearly there's age. just a little bit of a mental crack too, right? That's like you start, you that's start believing your own vulnerability because you are because just every day in your life you probably just find out you realizing you're a little more physically vulnerable. So now you're more mentally vulnerable. We get the whole breakdown here. You, you know who Adam? I think they kind of parallel each other is Vinatieri and Phil. Because oh. I think deep down, if you ask them truthfully, like get deep down, they know their shot, but. They're just so elite at their job, and just I think when you become that championship mindset, it's hard to truly admit it. Like the thought, we're all humans, right? Has to cross their mind a lot. Like, am I done? Am I done? Am I done? Yet every once in a while, like you hit a fifty-five yard fucking field game winner, right? Or Phil has a game has like one of his four rounds at a tournament. He's like, I shoot sixty-five. So you're just like, I'm not done. But really, deep down, you know it because in the next round you're going to shoot seventy-eight, or the next three kicks. Vinatieri shanks too. That's right. You like know they, they, yeah. they know. Yeah, it's hard though because the moment they acknowledge I'm shot, it is over. Right? You might as well just walk away. The difference in football is like you just retire. In golf, it's you, what do you do? Well, Phil can just keep playing. Like you just yeah, you do wants. keep running out there. Uh, before we get to a couple other things, and I this is this is one of the great stories uh, of Sunday night, John, that had that unveiled itself, and I'm sure it's a big story Monday for people listening because this podcast comes out on Monday. I'll get to that in a second. But first, let's tell the people about Roman. You've Woo. heard about it. GetRoman.com slash ham. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Sometimes you brush it off, blame yourself, say things like, I lost my mojo, or avoid it altogether. That sounds like the move, really. If I was going to have a move, that'd be the move. Uh, but with Roman, this is the move. It's easy to talk about it. A real doctor can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, totally discreet. GetRoman.com, guy. That's the key, guy. It's very simple because it's only an online visit. You don't have to tell anybody. It's just basically between Habram Middlecoff, though we never find out who you are. It's, it's just between Roman and you. We're just trying to help you get there. Uh, erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but, guy, now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today. That's, God, online visit. You do not have to go to the doctor. I, I despise going to the doctor and the dentist, and now we got them both on the pot. You can just avoid stuff through us. Just go to getroman.com slash ham, because this is a serious issue. We want to help you. 
to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping, guy. That's GetRoman.com slash ham for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash ham. There you go. And this podcast brought to you by SeatGeek. Prices are plummeting. Woo! Take advantage. Uh, some prices are going up. Like, Niners got a Monday night football game coming up. SeatGeek. Big green dot. That's what you're looking for. Use the promo code HAM. You'll get 10 bucks off your first purchase at SeatGeek. Niners games at home. Monday Night Football, Levi Stadium in a week. Guy, I peaked last night before the tip-off of the Bobcats versus the Warriors. You could have got in for pretty, pretty good seats for under $100 last night at the Chase Center. The Chase Center, the Golden One Center. I'm telling you, download the SeatGeek app if you're an NBA fan and you just want to watch other players because that's what you need to do right now with the Warriors. You can get in for pretty freaking good prices, guy. SeatGeek, download the app, and the green dots are good, red dots are bad. It's so easy to use. Clicks on the stadium, the arena, comedy, wherever you're going, and you can kind of browse around. And then if you click on it, it gives you like a 360 version of your view. It's, you know, technology is incredible. Promo code hands incredible. It works for you everywhere. Yeah. Tell your friends, you know, you'll have, maybe you're buying multiple tickets, which you can do on one purchase, but you got multiple people buying tickets. You're going in groups. Promo code ham for everybody. Spread the love. Um, all right. This story has uh, developed john while we've been recording this podcast it, is, it, am i gonna like this is this kind of good yeah you're gonna love it i think i mean don't yes look here's the story so we're gonna talk about the browns anyway it turns out the internet sleuths detectives have figured out that baker mayfield shaved twice between arriving at the stadium and playing in the football game he arrived or maybe he shaved post game. It's unclear. He arrived with a full beard. Okay. There's a photo of him arriving. He, then during warm ups, he had a Fu Manchu. He like took the trim like a lawnmower 2.0 type thing. Shaved everything except the Fu Manchu. So then Pat he went Hill from style? beard to Pat Hill Fu Manchu. Okay. Post game, he's doing an interview in just the mustache. Fu Manchu's gone. So he shaved twice between a right before he left. He left. Home with a beard. He left the locker room the first time with a Fu Manchu. He left the locker room at night with a mustache. The hell? Oh, by the way, they only have two wins. They lost to quick name the Broncos quarterback. Brandon Allen. Nice. You know, I hate being this guy because I've heard a couple people take it or talk about it. And it just it's and I actually don't think like even Colin hasn't been like, listen, I'm not putting it on the commercials. But when you say that, you kind of are putting on the commercials. (laughs) I am getting bothered by seeing him on the commercials now. Like, bro, who the fuck are you? Like, get off my television. I I have gone from really liking him as a college prospect to even last year kind of becoming, you know, I'm like, this guy's got something just because he was so accurate to the hype offseason. The hype, I'm always naturally going to go the other way to now rooting for him to be a failure. I I, I can't take the commercials, guy. I I, I just can't. And I, I feel... It feels a little FanDuel-y DraftKings-ish. It's just getting hit over the top of our head. I, 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 I can't. Is it bothering you like it's bothering me or my nuts? I'm actually enjoying it. Because I look at it and think like this. These, these companies made, a few, made some bets. And those bets are not paying off right now. And that entertains me. Well, he's with Progressive, right? Okay, yeah, that's the one in the stadium. There's another. What's the other one? 
Well, I mean, the, Mah- I, I, the Mahomes commercials are pretty good. Like, all right, can we get Mahomes and Otto? I like that one. And my Mahomie. Those so are great. I think yeah. what, what I think is that progressive, clearly State Farm has had a lot of success, I think, with the athlete campaign, right? They, they hit it out of the park with Chris Paul. And then they remember they brought in James Harden and the crazy fucking shit going on in the house. Then they got Steph Curry crossing on the escalators. And now the Rodgers and Mahomes. Rodgers has been a huge hit for years with the belt. Rodgers is the added, original hit, it feels he's like. He's the original hit, yeah. and now they've kind of helped Rodgers out. Because not that he's stale, but it's like you can only do so much with Rodgers. Adding Mahomey has kind of reinvigorated the campaign. So I think Progressive went, well, we need to get a star too. So they go all-in guy with fucking Baker Mayfield. And he's kind of the league's laughing stock right now. Like you said, that's something, that type content is made for Twitter to make the sh- make so much fun of you, it's never going to end. Well, and it's when you combine it with everything, right? That that story, this Instagram mustache thing, in and of itself is nothing. But you tweeted this, like, does it have to be difficult? Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham had to change their shoes today at halftime well, of the did game. Did one of them have clowns on their shoes? Well, yeah, did they were. Jo- the it was like a Joker. It was like a Joker themed shoe. So the NFL, the way I read it is the NFL said you're not allowed to play anymore in those shoes. You're not allowed back. It wasn't the Browns, is the way I right, read right. it. Right, right. I think they were violating whatever the cleat policy is, but no one noticed it until the game had started, and then the officials had to do something at halftime. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, it's like the, how again, you, I has, saw someone tweet, like, how do you guys miss this? But, well, but this isn't who knows? Maybe they changed the cleats on, you know. Well, that's very possible. This already happened to Odell. He already had to leave a game because of his cleats, right? I, what I'm was the t- deal with that? I don't even remember what that one was, but it was on. Well, a, no, first... remember he changes. He he got oh, kicked out visor. for the visor yeah. in the red zone. Well, I saw That's someone right. tweet today. It's the cleats, then it's the visor, then it's the watch. Like fucking Odell. Like I, I was wrong about Odell Beckham. I said I would have traded the number two overall pick for him. The Niners avoided a bullet, and this is sometimes when you take swings, like. I wanted to that has Al Davis to it and has that just crazy you you get burned, you know? Now sometimes it works, right? But for the most part it does not. Because typically when they want to trade a, a good player, there's usually an enormous red flag there. That's what made Khalil Mack pretty unique. And that's why the entire league was lined up to do it. That that was not the case here. And the Browns kind of look like idiots cuz he's a pain in their ass. I, you can't say he's been a good fucking influence on this Baker situation. The the and it hasn't made their ni- coach's life easier. Clearly. Oh, it's just been a disaster, guy. It really. I was anti the Browns, thinking that yeah, they're going to miss the playoffs, but they're going to win seven or eight games. Not in a million years would I have envisioned it being this shitty guy. Not in a million years, and you just watch like. Just watching this game right now, uh, Earl Thomas is down Brady. Listen, I, I think the Ravens, I mean, they're up 10 nothing as we speak, but whether they win or lose this game regardless, there is a culture in that building that, listen, John Harbaugh doesn't coach the offense, doesn't coach the defense. He can give an unreal speech with a samurai sword and motivational tactics up the wazoo. His shit kind of works because in their biggest debacles, they're like 7-9. and nine. The Steelers are putting on a clinic this year. Like, oh, people like you, Middlecoff, think we're fucking morons for trading a one? Double middle fingers. Watch us go 8-8 eight and eight with our eyes closed. And when the dust settles, I bet we're closer to 9-7. and seven. And they might be right. The Browns aren't in those two teams' world. The Bengals are a disaster, but who even cares? 
the 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 Ravens and Steelers run circles around you, Cleveland. Like, how's it ever going to change? That's my thing, guy. Like, how? What do they do? Like, okay, fire Freddie Kitchens. Who do they hire? Like, who's is? Do you think that's an attractive job? Because I I I don't. I would have said it was attractive last year. I think it becomes immediately less attractive this year because you start going, well, is Baker really that good? To me, it's less questions about is he good. It's like, is he too immature to handle this shit? Because he has a he has some maturity levels that start going well. Coward nailed that one because it's it didn't just get to him, guy. He kind of he's doing some shit that like what? And then you watch like I'm sure you saw that viral video of Drew Brees yesterday give the speech. Did you see that? No. On he Sunday gave, or on Saturday? On Saturday. He, Was he Saints at the Purdue game? Week. Yeah, so he's at the Purdue okay. game. I don't know if he's getting his number retired. I don't even know. I follow him on Instagram. He went with, like, I think his college roommates. Just these other three guys. It's funny. You see the picture? Drew's the youngest looking of the group. He's 40. These other guys clearly are way taller. They must have been, like, the backup quarterbacks. One's got kind of a beer gut. I mean, they look. it just looks like three guys in their mid-40s going back to college. And Drew's having so much fun taking. He's like, my three guys with my wife, our wives. And I'm just like, these guys look so fucking old. And Drew's so old on a team. I bet the average age of the Saints is like 26 years old, right? And this guy has a picture that looks like that guy could have three kids all in their teens. Oh, yeah, you're right. I've just found <laughs> the photo. It's just, it's just a classic. Like, you realize how His old college this roommates. guy is. Yeah. <laughs> Don't they probably just like back up second and third string quarterbacks or maybe like a long snapper or something? You know, on and I was thinking, I wonder if their wives are jealous, like Drew's so rich. And then I start thinking, well, they went to Purdue. I bet these guys are really successful in life. Like one guy probably runs a tech company in the middle. Like they are probably doing pretty well. Well, Drew has more money than them, but I would guarantee they're no slouches. Yeah, I've got construction, runs a, owns a construction company, <laughs> his father's construction company, and the other guys in finance doing pretty well. The other guys in real estate, and they've got they work together. Like they had, their two companies provide for one another. Like if I told you that Drew texts these guys all the time, that's a pretty good sign for their high levelness, right? Yeah, I would say that he <laughs> that he uh, circled up with them at the uh, stadium is a pretty good. But sign so for I, them. I'm thinking yesterday that we were a little lucky just for like the judging quarterbacks moving forward. We probably saw the combination of the three highest level quarterbacks, it, arguably in the history of the league. I'm just talking about as people. And Drew Brees, he, got, he gives this speech, you're like, I might run outside and just run down the street. Like that was And then badass. they won the game, right? I gotta watch and then they speech. won the game with him on the sideline going ape shit. And then you got Brady, who was just probably the biggest badass ever. And then you got Peyton that you go... Might have been the highest level one out of all three of them. And then you just watch Baker. You're like, this guy's not even in their world, you know? And I'm seeing shots today of, like, Mahomes. They score a touchdown, high chest bump in Matt Moore. And you're like, this kid's awesome. You see Deshaun Watson, just how impressive the guy is. Even Jimmy. One thing I think that kind of hit me last week about Jimmy, I watched his postgame press conference. And this, it just, he's lucky. He got to start in New England. I think he's pretty unfazed by fame, you know, and just he's used to kind of, and, and Kyle's probably good at this too because he probably talks a lot of shit, You're just being on him. I mean, when I say talk shit, it just coaches him hard, you know, where most players are like, stop being so mean to me. Yeah. Jimmy's just used to being held to a, an unfair standard. Like he walked in for three and a half years on eggshells in New England, and he was a backup. Then he comes to Kyle, and the guy's just in his shit, you know. 
it was I, I was kind of shocked that Kyle even admitted it's probably the best game Jimmy's ever played. Like Kyle's not just giving out free compliments that are fake, you know. And you just watch Baker, you just go, is he made for this? Which is weird because you know he's a back he's a backup, a walk on. And you and I have talked about this before. Is he too angry in his chip? Like, is it at the point where it's like, Baker, you're a little just too mad at all this shit? Yeah, does it cloud at that position? It's not about pure emotion, right? It's about harnessing it and yeah. just being angry at the world. Like, when's the last time Brady's been angry at the world? Like, 06? I mean, it's been a while, right? There's yeah. a balance of letting it drive you and just being furious and just feeling kind of like, is this guy joyful? Because you... You can say, well, it's just the way he talks to the media. I think you kind of are who you are, you know? I mean, is, does Baker just look like some peach to be around during the week it, once the pressure's getting to him like this? Yeah, I think the other thing is it just keeps building because there's so much negativity around them. If you're naturally that guy, like, you're just going to – I think there's a defiance in him, which I, I appreciate that. I appreciate a defiance in people, especially when it's a belief in oneself. But – like the um, clinic of defiance Haber Middlecoff put it on between about late 2005 <laughs> up and through the end of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> but I've always, I've all like even as a kid, I was always that way. Like just telling me to do something was not the way to get. But but my point is, like so now it's made it even worse, and it's going to take a while, I think, for him to realize it's just not that's not a fight worth fighting because he is finding himself in the middle of this fight every day, and it's almost like I wonder if he sh- the, the, like where he does the shave thing. Is he doing it just kind of as Cedric the Entertainer? I always love to quote, just wishing a motherfucker would because he knows people will pick it apart and then he can be mad about that. Like, that's my, that's, I just came up with that theory, but because you know people are going to notice and you're going, they're going to pick at you and it doesn't actually matter, but it gives you something else to middle finger to everybody about. You're saying like a diversion plan? No, I'm not saying a diversion plan. I'm saying liking the fight. Like, not even as, it's not even about getting people to not talk about if, the fact If your losing. theory is correct and he's doing that to create not for a diversion so they're not talking about the shitty play but literally to start another fight, he's sick. Well, and I but but but, I, but talking again, this out, I don't even think you're necessarily wrong. Yeah, but also I would say like keep in mind like I when I, I say get, sick, I, I just mean taking the wrong approach that yes, he's in a yeah, bad yeah, spot. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you there. Because I'd argue this, as been someone who with you was defiant, where a lot of it was justified even in the justified spot, in my maturation in years since, I'd say, you know, we probably could have handled it differently and and would have kept ourselves in a better mindset and been more successful at doing so, letting it cloud other parts, right? Being like that is just not a healthy way to be because you get, you get too angry all the time. Like living in anger, even if it motivates you, and I, I get motivated sometimes by anger, but wouldn't you say, and I know you kind of do, or just out of spite or trying to prove, it's not always the healthiest way just to sit and be. You know, well, it really well if we're talking about health, it's not it's, productive. It's never the healthiest way. Sometimes it can be produ- it could be productive, but it's never the healthiest. But I don't think you can consistently produce. I'd rather just be like mindset. Pharrell. Yeah, that's what you want. But I'd even say like, yeah, when we go back to Baker in college, he felt a lot happier. Now, you can have those moments of grabbing your nuts because they talk shit, throwing the flag. It did feel like he was a lot more boisterous and a lot more like, I don't, this guy, I want to be his teammate. Things now good. it's just, yeah. And that's number one thing I learned, two things I learned in, in football that will always stay with me. One, and this I can relate to, fat people are a little inherently lazy. 
So when you crush linemen for not going hard on every snap, it's a little unfair. Because one, just the weight's going to wear you down. Yeah, but your point is always, it's not just that they're that late, it's just you get tired faster. And they just have some, yeah, and that factors in just, you're, you're going to be less likely to have like, just super high motor guy. I'm talking in all elements of stuff. Like, yeah, just he's going to just have a little less energy, you know? Right. But it's, there's a balance okay. of it being good and bad, too. Yeah. And uh, that was my one. Theory number two. <laughs> is it about Baker and anger? Is it something about anger? Oh, I don't even know. Is it, is it like players that are questionable character guys just will always be that? Is it something about that? Red flag guy? Well, I... I no, I think it was something that was pretty good. Now I it just fuck. Yeah, it probably. Let's just go with that. I like think it was something about Baker. Spots. Yeah, I, that's going to be my guess. What your theory? Oh was. well, it was more just like front, like front runners. To wow. me, are the scariest guys to have. Willis McGahey, by the way, looks incredible for the Ravens tonight. <laughs> that does look sweet. Sunday night. The front, front runners, runners. Yeah, and I think you see this. You do college sports. You know, like when you call college games, like as a scout, like you really got to – people think that as a scout, and this is what drove me nuts, like you're calling these games, you're always like, I hope it's a good game. Well, you can learn a lot, and some say a lot from more from blowouts. Like a lot of teams, like the best scouting teams, will pick your – if you're on a bad team, like let's say you're doing like a UCLA or a Colorado game, and they're playing in Oregon or Washington State. Like when you're, you're just calling the game, you're hoping for storylines, hoping to call it. Like, scouts are looking like, okay, let's check the second half. We're thinking about taking this guy in the second quarter. Is he just fucking tapping out when it sucks? Like, some guys can kind of earn some stock in draft rooms and meetings. This guy played his ass off when they were getting their ass kicked. Yeah. You know, because it's like, okay. Because in the National Football League, unless you get drafted by the Patriots, you're going to have some tough games. And, hell, you might lose for some seasons. Like, how do you respond? And that would, wouldn't you say a little bit of the red flag would be on Baker? Coming out of college – it had been pretty good, right? He had been on Oklahoma, and that's where I think Colin would knock back, would kick back. Well, the only couple rough times we saw were some pretty fucking low moments, right? He runs away from the cop, and he wasn't even doing anything wrong. Like, why is that your first instinct? You know, you, the guy won't shake your hand, so you grab your nuts and you shake it at him. Like, you look back, now you go, well, those are some legitimate, you know, it's like some of the I would say the sack grab. Cam, yeah, the sack grab to me is more trashy than the middle finger. Like, guy doesn't shake your hand, you go middle finger. Like, uh, the sack grab is just. But but it's like, yeah. <laughs> but is there like some kind of a trashy element to something's just off with Baker? I, I'm just kind of I'm just down on the human guy and the player. Like, okay, let's say Brett Favre, self-proclaimed white trash from the fucking middle of nowhere. Brett Favre's physical skills were fucking elite. Sometimes you forget, too, like, you and I have done this over the years. Just YouTube, like, mid-90s, Brett, and I think sometimes now it goes viral, right, on Twitter, some of, like, throwback to Favre, and you just watch, like, Jesus Christ. Because sometimes, like, the, that player from that era would be like, can we stop acting like Mahomes is doing all this stuff that we've never seen? Like, Brett used to do, like, these no-lookers, just these crazy plays. It, because he could do crazy plays. Like, I'm watching Baker Mayfield. I'm seeing a six foot guy who's a below average athlete who thinks he can kind of run around and make play. Like Baker, Drew, you are Drew Brees. That is your comp in the history of watching Drew Brees. Maybe he's had a couple rollout throws, but the majority of his highlights, guy, have come in like a two yard fucking window. 
So Baker, that is your comp. Like Lamar's comp is like Vic and Russell. You stop thinking you're them. You are not them. You're Case Keenum. He he thinks he's way better than he is. He's getting Kyler Murray got hawked by Buckner and Arm. Like you understand how fast these guys are. As a buddy in the NFL told me like a couple weeks ago, he's like, it really is crazy how different scouting has changed. Like since we work together, just what they look for, the speed element. There's never been more defensive speed on the field. Whenever I watch Baker, it's like, Baker, why are you running away from this guy? He's going to fucking catch you and kill you. I'll never forget one of Johnny's first starts. And Johnny was a better athlete than Baker. He tried to run away from Keekly, and Keekly closed on him like if you turned on Animal Planet with a limping gazelle and a lion. It was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, well, Johnny, he's got you by about four inches and 50 pounds, and he's faster? You're fucked. Time to adjust. Well, that's where it gets back to like, well, their team's poorly built. They, you know, they have a bad offensive line, so he can't really sit in the pocket. And that's yeah. the knock of, well, then why are you trading for Odell Beckham? You guys already had Jarvis Landry and Najoku and Chubb. Like, John, are you caught up with the wrong shit? It, it made me rethink, like, why was I even that enthralled with trading for Odell Beckham? I would have been wrong, guy. I, I been, if I was a GM, that would have been my talk at the end of the year when we were 5-11. and 11. Like, Well, you just you hope are. you got somebody on the team that talks you out of it. But as Bears fans would tell me, it's not like the GMs don't even need to say anything. They just hide all year. You don't even hear anything from them. Yeah, well, that would have been your Ryan Pace moment. <laughs> Do you think GMs, I was thinking about this today, should be mandated to speak once you're farther than three games under 500 past November 1st, like once every other week? Because they just kind of get to hide, and especially on teams where they were picking the players. No, I don't think they should. I, I like it better. We're just the the coaches talk, the players talk, the coaches talk, the players talk. What? Nothing's happening. What, what are we? Nothing's happening now. Because we want answers, Ryan. What did you see in taking Trubisky? We need those things at the end of the year. I don't want that answer coming in mid-November when we have plenty of season left. You know what I mean? The Red, I, mean I need the, the off-season just stories. Gave the, the Pats. I, I haven't been super locked in on this game. They're up 17 nothing as of recording this. Now they just muffed a punt, but Yeah. Are are the, the Niners game, the bound game's for been a not even punter? 17 minutes old. What? I mean, aren't the Niners bound for this game sooner or later? That's what I right? keep thinking. That's what I keep thinking. Yeah. Cuz I think sometimes we forget you can have a really really good season and go 11 and 5. So the five games Probably a couple of those you get kind of thoroughly your get your ass kicked. Look like Chargers Packers, yeah. Yeah, this and you could have an unreal season at thirteen and three. Well, what if two of those three are ugly looking losses? You're gonna feel shitty on Monday morning. That's the power of football and why you and I can make money because people care and every game means so much. But I do think sometimes we overreact to individual games. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. You know, like, and I think that's going to happen. I, I will, in a weird way, defend the Packers this week. I don't think it's that abnormal. Okay. Uh, all right, let's talk about maybe that's where you want to start. Headlines, NFL things that happened. Uh, we already talked about the Browns, so we'll put them aside. Uh, but there was a lot of other good stuff that happened Sunday. I've got one on top of my mind if, if you want me to start. Go. Sam Darnold's interception. One of the worst interceptions. You said last week... I don't know who it was that said he's got some Jameis in him. Jameis was better today at not being Jameis. Although Jameis did have an, uh, like a fumble. I think they ruled it a fumble. Did you see that where he just the ball just came out of his hand? And then after he released the football, he got hit and like his feet went up in the air. It was just 
pretty funny looking. But Darnold's interception, it's second down and goal at the two-yard line with a couple minutes left in the first half, maybe less than a couple minutes left in the first half. Two-yard line, he does a good job, like gets away from some pressure, under duress, a word no one uses except when they're talking about quarterbacking, goes to throw the football and then like push it, like shoves it up, just up in the air. Towards the goal line, it's there's no way it's going to happen. Was it worse than the Mayfield pick last week against the Patriots? I think it was because the Mayfield pick was a function of just here's the play, I pitch the ball, and it got blown up by the guard, got smoked, so the defensive lineman was right there. Did you not see this one yet? No, I, I'll type it. No, in. someone actually tweeted it at us and said, "Did Sam Darnold just kill a baby?" This was after I texted you about it. I'll find it and send it to you. I'm sorry. I thought you saw this one already. I would have sent it to you because you have to see it to properly react to this play. I'm watching now. Watching now. Okay. He gets. From first viewing, it looks like the guy kind of grabs the back of his arm so he couldn't release. Yeah, I think he for a split second thought he was going to be able to get the arm motion going. Then he realizes the guy's kind of taking him back and he's fucked. Like he, what he should have done. What what down was that first down? Second down and goal at the two. He, he, yeah, he should have just ate, eaten it and yes. taken the sack. It's awful interception. Have the Jets thrown their hat in the ring for Browns level dysfunction? You could argue now they don't have anywhere near the talent of Cleveland, right? But their dysfunctional stretch of firing a GM, hiring a new GM right before the season, then Sam getting mono. Then all the trade shit happening with their players. Where Jamal Adams this week went on record as saying, yeah, I talked to Chris Johnson, but I still refuse to talk to the coach and GM. I don't, I'm not ready for that yet. He's their best player on their team. To Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. To the Colecchio Assembly debacle. Have you seen read some of that shit? Where yeah. today the NFLPA yeah. tweeted out that that even the league's own network was pushing propaganda and false information. Like yeah. I was like, damn, that's that was about Kalechi, right? Am I on? Yes, is that no, what you're they, correct. Yep, that's what it was about. Didn't you think like, whoa, that's yeah? I get they kind of at odds about some shit, but that's a direct fuck you. Yeah, you know, yeah. Who who are they calling out? Rap sheet or silver? My yeah, my first thought was like <laughs> rap sheet. Silver's got some. Silver's had some of that too. Uh, that's a problem. And it's kind of, to me, that's their biggest issue because they are like, Douglas, they asked Joe the other day, like, what's the issue? He's like, yeah, it's not an ideal situation. Like, it's just pretty ugly. You know, Kletchy's kind of a weird dude, but he's kind of just basically saying that you guys are fraudulent and you guys are not really denying it. If anything, you're kind of like the equivalent of suing him for it because they keep fining him for not showing up. And he's like, I'm fucking hurt. You don't see it very often in the NFL, like that level of where it's gotten. And then today to lose to the Dolphins, I would lose even be kind of a soft word. It kind of felt like they were getting their ass kicked, didn't it? Whenever I'd see the game. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> I mean, they. So now, because one thing I, <laughs> I texted you was, is this is going to be kind of painful when the Dolphins have to trade something to flip from like two to one with somebody, maybe the Jets. Because whoever's at one is going to not potentially. You've got like if the Jets are drafting first. With a quarterback, that's going to be a really valuable position to be in. Uh, now, the Bengals haven't won a football game, so if they get that spot, they'll just probably draft a quarterback. Washington, if they have the number one pick, they're not drafting a quarterback. 
Atlanta, sneaky, has one win. You keep waiting for them to just pick up a couple more. So it might be a little early for this, but it doesn't feel like Miami's got too many wins in them. It doesn't feel like the Jets have too many wins in them, and the Browns have two wins, so they're in the mix here. Like We've just got the potential for the Dolphins tanking a season and having to trade or just roll the dice or take the second quarterback that they want just because their guys do kind of play hard. Like They Gatorade bath their coach today. Well, I think there are two teams right now with limited amount of wins, and we've been talking about the Broncos forever, and this is why I kept saying like I, everyone's hammering the, the fucking Browns like minus four to go on the road to Denver. Like Denver's two and six, but they've had – They've been in every single game. Like they're gonna go five and eleven and not be blown at one time. The Dolphins, if you've watched them the last month, their effort level has been elite. Like they are playing. If they had good players, you'd be like they'd be just be a good team. They are playing their ass off. When you watch the Jets and the Bengals, like do they even want to be here? And now the the Darnold thing from I'm seeing ghosts the last couple weeks, he's kind of turned into Jameis. Like that is a Jameis type play you know you can say well I you know I couldn't lift my arm what well, yeah it's just you can't that's a play shitty quarterbacks do and now this Gase thing is he a one and dunner oh. it's getting pretty ugly guy do you think I, would I don't think but it's getting pretty ugly do, what costs more buying him out or Willie Taggart I think I read 17 on Willie Taggart and a half I saw Willie Taggart tweet. Not including his staff. As someone that got bought out for like 15000 or whatever my number was, I, I can't even imagine how, and I get you look like a failure or whatever. Yeah, you want to work. It, but it's like, yeah, He was classy in his statement. Yeah, no if, kidding. <laughs> if you ever want to be a failure, make me a $17.5 million failure guy because I'll take that fucking all day long. Do you think now, you, it would suck, and I get you got ego and pride and all that, do you, but it but, ain't that bad. Do you think you'd have the guts, John? To have a classy state, to put out a classy statement after that $17.5 million buyout? I'll tell you what I'm not going to do is put out anything that's going to jeopardize one penny of that money. Did you see uh, Brett Bielema? Because I read an article today about, I think it was Pete Thamel or one of those guys that just like a college football Saturday night, Sunday morning. And it was talking about how bad Arkansas is. Like Chad Morris, their coach, has not won an SEC league game. Like how impressive it was that Brett was winning six or seven games there. Yeah, and just it's a disaster there. And, um, it, like, they hired their guy after he had his first and only winning season. And he was under 500 in the AAC, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But they're playing, they are paying Bielema like 280 a month, <laughs> 280 grand a month. Yeah. And there's like this guy, if he gets fired, they have to pay him, even though I don't think he's making a ton of money. But don't but you I just think imagine, it's kind of I just pretty imagine, well on Bielema? Like, what is Bielema's dinner? Like, is Bielema ever just eating cereal for dinner? Or is it just, is life just too good to allow that to happen? Well, how much do you think the Patriots are paying Bielema? Not the going rate for a D-line coach, probably, right? With him making that much money. You're right, he is working, so he's probably not eating cereal for dinner. But isn't he kind of a sneaky name of, wouldn't you hire him to be your head coach? Like, he's clearly not bad. Yeah. In the right situation. Right. Would you hire him to be your NFL coach, Brett Bielema? I, uh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Right now, as I'm looking at Twitter, a photo of Baker wearing like this overcoat with like a white T-shirt and a scarf and a mustache is just it's going around like crazy, and people are talking about what he looks like. Well, I think this Fargo year is somewhat, season four. It's been an indictment on like the poor organizations and the good ones, right? They've just 
the Chiefs lose their starting quarterback, dislocates his knee. They beat the Vikings today, and all of a sudden they're six and three. It's been a, they've had a ton of injuries. The Jets lose a quarterback by about the second week. Gase hates his entire team. He wants to trade everybody. Here's my thing with Adam Gase. Like, Adam, when are you going to like a player? Because right now, wouldn't you imagine he's down on Sam? Yeah. He's one of those guys, it feels like, that never blamed himself. And the Jets are just, like, got to give the Bills a little credit, right? They're a much better run and just feel like much more just of a seamless operation. You know, even in some weird, like, it's not like Josh Allen's been knocking out of the park, but they're just well coached, they're tough, they have a vision. Feels like the Jets got no clue what's going on, or the Browns. You know, that we're even talking about being one and done is just, it's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even Bruce Arians, Bruce Arians, who has established himself, he knows what he's doing. He can't even really overcome Tampa. And he's trying. Like, they'll have some games where it's like, God, there's 40 to 40 in overtime against the Seahawks. But ultimately, he just, they don't have any players, and Jameis is, does stupid shit. Like, if you gave Bruce Arians the Cleveland Browns, would they be a lot better? Or, yes. this is probably the question, or was was Baker bound to just, maybe he's overhyped. And well, maybe a lot his better. overhype was maturity. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know if they'd have any more wins they'd have, but I just think their franchise would be in a better place. Because I think the one thing that would be fair to be critical of Baker on the commercial thing would be like, did he dedicate himself to the craft like all the top guys do over the offseason of just giving everything he has. Cause that's, it's just, it's a shitty job in the sense that you don't have a life really. And it sure seems like Baker had a pretty good life. You know? uh, here's another Brown story for you, John Brown's player. Jermaine Whitehead got his Twitter suspended 15 minutes after losing to the Broncos and somebody screen grabbed. This is from uh, who tweeted this sports nation, Ohio. You're saying he got his Twitter suspended by Twitter. So Dustin Fox tweets, Whitehead's effort tackling today is a joke. Hashtag Browns. Jermaine Whitehead tweets at him like two hours later. Come get it in, blood bitch, made ass, little boy. I'm out here with a broken hand. Don't get smoked, fuck ass cracker. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't Dustin Fox work for the team? On the sidelines, John. On the sidelines. (laughs) So who suspended him? Twitter? Must be, because he tweeted. He's been tweeting. I guess he was tweeting this to a lot of people. Let me know when you need the address. He tweeted at somebody of where to find him. And then give me a time and a place. Somebody else said, you suck. And then he's like, 80 Lou Groza Boulevard, Berea, Ohio, 44017. Any and day of the week. Why does it feel like the AFC North is always good for uh – I Paint dare you, on you to site. show up. I, I might have fucking cocked and loaded. And you're right. Twitter suspended is because he's threatening people. Like, is he going to shoot someone? Like, they have to take. They don't. You just have to take it seriously. Like, you start. You start giving out your address. Like, is this guy serious? So, would you say he handled the loss well? <laughs> no. Would you imagine he's on the team Tuesday? No. <laughs> would you imagine he has cut like by tonight? They've announced they've released this guy. Uh, does that happen in the NFL? Where'd they play today? Uh, a Denver. So they yeah. got to fly home. You, you wouldn't leave them there. You probably fly in there. You cut them when. You, yeah, you. I think you could release just to like. They're going to be getting some bad pub by this. I mean, they have a player threatening to kill people, even the, though 
listen, maybe I'm, you know. But you you could just argue you just have a guy you just have a guy flying off the handle. Yeah, he, well, he's what's this guy's name? Uh, is it Jermaine Whitehead? I'm not sure. I I closed it out. Yeah, he's a safety for the Browns. I'm just trying to like, like was he there? Yeah, the question. Years you're right. Old. If he's not good, he's cut. Yeah, he's an undrafted guy, first year on the Browns. I I, I would imagine he's a nobody. He has started. You know, a handful of games in his NFL career. Now that was college. He's never even started an NFL game. So he's a marginal backup type player, right? He's done. Like, you can't be marginal backup practice squad guy beyond losing your cool. Because I would say this is the other problem for the Browns. I would say the Browns, obviously the Raiders would be up there. Like, they do feel like they have a strong contingent on Twitter. Of just a lot of fans that live all over the country. And their fandom is a little angry. And that's what happens when you see a lot of losing. And I think they tweet the players a lot. And obviously when you lose a lot, it's not positive things. And I always give like LeBron credit on this one. How he never responds to anything. I mean, I respond to everything. kind of, But kind of messing around. But still, I respond. I give you some credit when you've... LeBron's never responded to anything. Like, Durant just daily responding to shit. Like, I, I understand Kevin. Like, he's bored. He's got his phone in his hand. It's understandable. I'm honestly shocked that this doesn't happen more often. Of just, especially younger players, you just, you have a day and you see something that just triggers you. And so I, I used to do this, not like I'll kill you, but just swear at people that's just stupid now. Like, I wouldn't even do. That I could see a player you don't even realize, like, this is... You know, I'm just shocked it doesn't happen more often. Yeah. Tweets that you're just like, what did he tweet? I'm going to kill you to like Joe Blow with 30 followers. And that's legitimately his address. I mean, we know it is. Like, clearly he's pissed. What well, sounds like, isn't that the team address, maybe? Lou, 80 Lou grows away. Oh, you're right. Berea. So maybe. He gave the practice facility. Uh, uh, go to the office that says Freddie Kitchens and I'll beat your ass. Your name's on the list. <laughs> so just tell him you're here to see me. So like yeah. the list is like thirty-seven people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, I mean the Eagles and the Bears. I saw a tweet today. Somebody said, "Is is Matt Nagy going to bench his quarterback and keep his team, or keep his quarterback and lose his team?" He had one passing yard at halftime. One. Passing yard. Did they have a game like this last year where like half the halftime was like a net zero or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I think they've had it a couple times. He was ten of twenty-one for one hundred twenty-five yards. Uh, I'll be lying if I say I watched a lot of this game. I did watch the final drive when Philly got the ball back with like four or five minutes left. The Bears, you know, and they get three or four first downs. Like Chuck Pagano got it. He just got outclassed by Doug Peterson. I would say that. Like, last year they had a historic defense, and Mitch wasn't that good. But their defense was creating turnovers. They were getting sacks. Their defense has kind of been a shell of himself, and I think that speaks, Guy, to the uh, to that tweet that you just read. Like, once your defense starts tapping out because they realize Mitch sucks so much, what do you do? I was texting with someone kind of in the know who has worked for them before, who doesn't mm-hmm. work for them anymore. Just like, what do you think Pace is going to do? Pat Taggy. And he said he would. <laughs> yeah. 
I wouldn't text him. He yeah, he's in a bad spot right now. He's kind of taking a lot of what shit. What a bad friend. You wouldn't yeah. text him now? Well, I mean, what am I going to say? Like, keep your head up. I mean, I'm going to say positive shit. Rooting for I, you, bud. Ba- yeah. Hashtag bald brotherhood. I would say just, hey, you want me to tweet out? You guys cut him? Because I will. Cut him right now. He stinks. He, he's not good enough. But the, Matt Nagy didn't pick this player. And people keep like, you're defending your guy. Listen, I, I hate their offense, guy. I don't like the base of a run game to be out of gun runs. It's that, that, That's so soft. That's Chip Kelly spread. I, I hate that. I, I don't mind it on Sunday. I don't like to be that, that to be my, my go-to run play on offense. I, I just Belichick has a fullback. Andy has a fullback. Kyle has a fullback. The best fucking coaches have fullbacks. Like, just run out of the eye. We act like the eye formation is like the wing tee. And I saw Matt say something, or Spielman said last week, or Slareth, that Matt told him they didn't hire me to run the eye formation. If that's true, like, I'd say, Matt, that's insane. Like, that's, the eye formation is not looked upon like the fucking Model T on the road now. Like, it's, it still functions. The best teams run the place. Do I... Do you agree that if your gu- if gun run is your go to run play, you're just soft? It. Yeah, I agree. In the NFL, you're Chicago too. Like, yeah, you can spread it out, but like, they will appreciate you running it down people's throats physically. Physically, do that. The I form they didn't hire you to. And I, I would imagine when they hired Matt Nagy, what, the most intriguing part was he's coming from Andy. They had really expanded with Alex, right? Of like running like this kind of college style Utah they want to do this spready thing with Mitch well it doesn't work with Mitch so you got to scrap that shit and try to do something else because this does not work now you might be argued that nothing will work with Mitch and there's probably a lot of truth to that I, I but what would we kn- argue that yeah but once we do know now would you say definitively that this is not working with Mitch so it, you're not what are you going to bench him for the one problem with like benching Mitch backups Chase Daniels I would just try to do different shit with Mitch. Run him around. I don't know. I, you can't do what you're doing because you got no shot, none. I mean, the Eagles aren't that good, and all of a sudden the Eagles rat-a-tat two back-to-back wins, and well, they're probably feeling like, boom, we're not well, dead. Th- this is like what you were saying about the Steelers earlier. Even if they don't make the playoffs, are they just going to, in a bad year, go 8-8? Eight and eight? I, thought about, I thought about that today in the shower. Kind of sad, but... It was like, so Doug Peterson's low moment's going to be 9-7 and seven maybe? Where you just be like, wow, they had a million injuries and they had some bad offseason signings that immediately got hurt. If that's your worst, like, I'm feeling pretty good. At the end of the day, when I take a step back, take a deep breath, I go, god damn, we had some weird shit happen this year. And Doug, the fucking wheels didn't fall off. <laughs> like, isn't that a pretty big sign of just, if a wheels don't fall off when a weird shit's happening in a season? It's, it's uh, I, I, I think, think it's, it's like I was saying this to somebody the other day, and we say it all the time about the I, college football coaches for sure, right? When you check a guy's football reference for coaches and you just look back, what were their bad years? It's like, oh, eight wins. That's a bad year? I think you can really judge guys over their lows over six or eight or ten year stretch. And it applies to the NFL too. I mean, that's why like Andy's last year in Philly was so, it was like, just look at the body of work. I mean, Ron well, that, Rivera. That, that's why I think the, they both. That's why. That's where I think they both came to the. Like it was just time. Right. You know, it was just clear. It was time. You know. Because it was it, so out of the ordinary, is what I'm saying. Though it was just. Like what? What has Andy been in Kansas City? What Andy is right? Just a winner. Now, is he going to win a Super Bowl eventually? I don't know. You'd lean with every year that's passed. It gets more difficult. 
but he's clearly one of the best. Like Sean Payton had some years, remember, when they were like 7-9 and nine and Breeze was throwing for 5,000 yards? And you'd been like, well, they have the worst defense in the league. If they could ever just get a functional defense, watch out. Then Sean's like, well, how about this? I'll raise you one. Let us get a top five defense. Watch what happens. What happens? They boom, playoffs every year. Last year, NFC Championship. They, they fucking outplayed them. There was such an egregious error. They had to change a rule the year later because of that game or else they win it, right? And that rule is for a whole other topic. It's kind of all fucked up. But, like, clearly the Saints, you know what they are these last three years? Remember, they beat Cam two years ago in a playoff game. Last year, they make it to the NFC Championship game, and it took the craziest play like we've ever seen in a playoff game with Diggs and that walk-off touchdown two years ago in Minnesota. Like, they've had a pretty good little three-year stretch now that they get a good defense. Like, this is, this is who Sean Payton is. With a good team, he doesn't just win. He comes for fucking blood. That would be the knock on Andy. Like, is his team good enough this year? Right. I would say no unless Mahomes is 100% healthy. Did you see the report today? Glazer said, it's crazy how medicine works and doctors think, that when you dislocate a knee, that if you do anything physical in 21 days of that dislocated knee, mm-hmm. you're 40 to 50% likely to dislocate the knee again. Wow. But after that 21-day mark, it goes down to 10% and under. Wow. So that was a big reason today that they were like, they were never going to do it. But that that kind of number was, they were just doing it kind of for competitive reasons, right? Like yeah. not telling whether he was going to start or whatever. Isn't it kind of crazy how those percentage, like, is that really true? And maybe it's just the strengthening of the muscles back. Like, it, it might not be that crazy. It's just like, it's like a you cut your face within three days. You can still see the cut there. But in two weeks, it's just your body overcomes right it's just a survivor every part of your body organisms you like that medical talk yeah yeah i do you know yeah, what i'm I mean, saying I, like, my I question don't know is whatever just, was, the things are there, that holds the knee thing together yeah cartilage the ligaments would, yeah was there a, i mean it might it seems like a pretty hard thing to have like a real in-depth study on but uh you'd probably take rats and just dislocate their legs <laughs> yeah maybe maybe it's that <laughs> maybe it is that it's like how long until rats did not have a hundred yard rushing game? Seven of the seventy percent of rats who moved their knees within twenty one days were retired and out of the league. Did you send me the stat? It was either since he's been in Minnesota or like his last three seasons. The Kirk Cousins might have just been since he's in Minnesota, trailing going into the fourth quarter. I did against not all these teams. Stat. It was just like L L L L L L. It was like eight L's and one tie. And today's a good example of like, God, is something off? Now, this is the risky part with the hamstring injuries. Thielen played today after not playing for like three weeks. And by the end of the first quarter, he was out hamstring. So it's like, and they even mentioned on the broadcast, I forget who the hmm. who the guy was calling the game. I think it was a former receiver or form, definitely a former player. And it was like, well, you know, the great it's easier at practice because you never really stop running. Mm-hmm. Like there's always just drills. You're just going like in a football game, you warm up, you play, you go in the locker room, you come out, even if you're on the first series, well then you go off for you just there's a lot the ebb and flow is not like practice. So you can feel I'm ninety five percent, I feels normal, then all of a sudden you're like, Oh fuck. Cause you just don't stay fresh, you know? Especially if it's a little cold outside. Yeah. But that's a big loss for Minnesota if he's out. 
right? Like if he if you I just tell you Adam Thielen becomes kind of a shell of himself in and out of the lineup for the rest of the year, you're like, well, I don't. Part of them being really potent was Thielen, Diggs, and Cooks. It feels like then, Cousins needs the elite guys around him. Yeah, and then Cousins yeah. kind of riding them like secretariat to the playoffs. Right. That's that's not a great loss today if you're playing Matt Moore. You go, we got them with Matt Moore. Or is it just like, well, you look at the last two weeks, the Chiefs have been pretty good with Matt Moore. I, I think you could look at it probably either way. I think the hard part of Minnesota is you're like, well, we got them, the Packers got them both out Mahomes, and we lost and they won the game. Right. And also, I think you also, like, you just think about that second wild card. Now you're down to the Rams. You've got, obviously, forget about the division winners, but three, it feels like two of the division winners are locked in in the South and the West, Niners and the Saints. Like, it'd be an upset at this point. There a chance the West gets both the wild card teams in? That's what I'm saying. So now Carolina's also five and three. Minnesota's six and three. But Seattle's seven and two. The Rams beat Carolina, and I don't think Seattle's played them yet. Because that's the one thing that's unique about this year is the schedule. The NFC West plays the NFC South. So there's gonna be head to head with all these teams. Mm. The Rams beat them week one, the Niners beat them, and I don't know when Seattle plays them, but or did Seattle already play him? I don't think they did. You're talking about the Panthers. I'm talking about the Panthers. That's where see. the tiebreakers kind of come into play, you know? Because you go, well, Minnesota, the NFC West is not going to play Minnesota, right? They play them in two weeks. They play In who? Carolina. Seattle? Se- yeah, Seattle's. Who does Seattle play in the NFC North? They play any of those teams? Play the Vikings. When? The... First weekend, like uh, in a month. So those two games are huge, right? So Seattle's got some fucking huge games the next. Wait, month. I, sorry, I was wrong about the Panthers. So they play the Panthers December fifteenth, the Vikings December second. So they play them two weeks apart. When's their second Niner game? Second to last game? Uh, no, it's the last game. When did the Niners play the Rams? Second to last game? Yeah, I think mm. so. They go Rams Seattle. Right. Correct. So Seattle's looking at themselves like we still control a lot of our own destiny, right? Yeah. We Large, largely know, because they still play the Niners twice, and and they play Minnesota and Carolina. So those are enormous games. The, you'd say the NFC, all these teams kind of play each other down the stretch, right? Seattle still's got to play LA. LA still got to play starts this game week. With the Niners starts this week. Where it doesn't really necessarily feel like that in the AFC. Now that if Baltimore win or lose, it's clear they're kind of interesting, right? When you say that the AFC is kind of New England, KC. Uh, I mean, KC feels a little more vulnerable. Yeah, they do. Is it just New England? Well, I mean, put it this way. If we're recording this Sunday night, if the Ravens win – the Ravens beat the Patriots and are six and two. So you would say they still technically have a chance to get the number one seed, right? Because it's like, is Lamar Jackson going to go into Foxborough and win? That would be the difference. Now the Patriots be eight and one with a ton of games left. The one thing that benefits them is they play. The one counter argument always to Belichick and Brady. Well, they do have the AFC East. You're like, well, there is some validity there. I mean, they literally have a team that's tanking. And then Jets aren't trying to tank, but they actually indirectly are tanking, and they just lost to the tanking team. So you got you got four games that 
if you had to go, who could be your easiest four games if you were going to be in a division? You would pick the AFC East, right? Because even like the Redskins and the Giants are just like, well, Saquon can go nuts, and the Redskins, you know, their defense isn't terrible. But again, we're picking the shit off the bottom of the shoe. Somebody might have already made this correction listening to it earlier, but I I thought it was Kalechi. I guess the NFL Network accusation was Trent Williams. That's what it was. I thought it it made sense that it was Kalechi, but... It did. Two really crazy situations. At least if it's Trent Williams, the NFLPA's got your back, you know, when you went through cancer and... uh... I got a te- I got a text from someone in the so here's the like, I guess Charlie Castle really is the one that said something. What did he say? Suggested that uh, Casserly said that Williams was told three years ago that the growth in his head should be biopsied, but he never scheduled the procedure. Casserly also said that Williams' complaints are about money. Then he du- I'm reading Florio. Then he dusted off the old uh, get off my lawn and sign a contract take from old school football types. The bottom line is he was advised to have this thing surgically removed to analyze it three years ago, and he never made an appointment. And I think the counter would be like, oh, Casserly used to be a redskin. He's just shilling for his former doctor buddies. Probably the counter of, like, the players. Anyway. Because I I don't just necessarily believe the NFLPA. I don't know. I I just know it's a fucked up situation. Uh, You want to talk about USC on the next pod? Uh, Sure. Or do you want to really talk about it right now? No, I can talk about it. We're already we're good. Okay. All right. We'll talk about the U.S. Actually, some good college football stuff this week. Uh, Raiders on Thursday night. So it's we a good got. Week. I mean, USC, Utah, right? Or, I mean, excuse me, Utah, Oregon, lining up for the Pac-12 championship to be pretty big. It is lining up that way. It is lining up that way. But uh, Oregon, Penn State, Rose Bowl wouldn't suck. That'd be pretty sweet. Especially if James, if like the USC's target, all the reports are like targeting James Franklin. They could be. I already got, you know. Now it sucks because that game doesn't mean anything, right? That's not a playoff game. It's true, but it is the one major bowl game that still has some cachet to it. Especially if you're Oregon, you know, he'd want to win that. That'd be a big win for them. Because it's basically going to be whoever, it's going to be Ohio State or Penn State more than likely, right? That's how it's kind of looking. Whereas automatically Wisconsin, because they might, you know, Penn State's in their bracket. I don't know exactly how that works. That to me is the key. Who who they play? Penn State would be the best one. Or Michigan wouldn't suck either. Who's kind of a lot? Michigan. Yeah. yeah. If they played Michigan, that means they'd play Michigan. Well, do they play Ohio State Week One next year, or Week Two? I think it's Week Two. Okay. That'd be pretty crazy. Like you would say, they beat a Big Ten team in the Rose Bowl, beat Ohio State next year at home, and you'd be like, God, they are. Now they're breaking in a new quarterback next year. But it would just if they could pull that off, it'd be like, But isn't rumor has it this guy, this backup quarterback, is pretty sweet? Yeah, Tyler Shuck. And clearly he's recruiting because they got dudes all over the fucking field. Remember when USC used to have dudes. Now they got two dudes. It's like they're two wide receivers. Who aren't bad, though. Michael Pittman, Fresno State, Fresno State guy, right? Dad, yeah. Yeah, the dad. The dad is so tatted up. I mean, he's, he's got so tats jacked. on his arm, his, his head, his neck. He just looks like a badass. He looks like a movie character. At all. All right. Okay. On that note, see ya. Adios. 
Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big- 